Brandon Staley came out almost defiant today in his end-of-season press conference, not backing down from some of his controversial decisions, and even saying the Chargers may be overachieved in 2022. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons. But this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making this your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. Well, we have some content to talk about today, David, because Brandon Staley got up off the podium for his end-of-season press conference and said that the Chargers maybe overperformed in 2022 considering all their injuries, and he also wasn't backing down on playing Mike Williams and other starters in Week 18, and also saying the Chargers maybe don't need as much speed as people think they do. But it was also very enlightening what the Chargers are going to look for in their new offensive coordinator and why they decided to move on from Joe Lombardi and Staley talking about some of the biggest problems with his defense, but also talking about how they were getting hot at the end of the season, saying they were one of the best teams in the NFL towards the end of the season. He even took a little dig at the LA Times, Bill Plaschke at the end, asking about his job security, which is pretty funny. But today's episode of Lockdown Charges is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Just pick two to five players that they score more or less than their Price Picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKDOWN. That's PricePicks.com, promo code LOCKDOWN. David, it was an interesting press conference, and we're not going to be able to get to everything today. And I, first of all, know there's a lot of people who don't love Staley, and it seems like you could tell where people were and if they wanted Staley fired based on how they took his comments today. And I think we felt a little bit both ways. You know, some things we agreed with and some things we didn't. One of the things that got the most attention, though, was him saying that this team overperformed. And this is a team that was up 27-0 to in a playoff game. So I understand why some people would be Mad about that, but let's hear what he had to say. He said, when we got completely cleaned out with our football team, we could have been a non-playoff team. We could have been like a lot of other teams in the league with a substandard record and you feel like you're underachieving or you underperformed. I felt like we overperformed based on what happened in our circumstances. I felt like at the end of the season, we were 6-6, six and six, and that season could have gone a couple of different ways. When you're playing two playoff teams, I feel like our team rose to the occasion and finished four straight wins to get them to the playoffs. What do you think about that, David? Is it crazy to say that the Chargers overperformed this year? Yeah, I mean, I think if you would have asked me that question before the season started uh, in, you know, with the context, I would say there's no way that they overperformed. But with the context of knowing that they had a quarterback that was injured, they had no left tackle, they had their best wide receiver missed multiple games, they they had their center miss multiple games, they had so many injuries that, you know, any one of those could have tanked any other previous Chargers season, right? And it had. And it has. We've seen it. You know, we've been what well, you know, we've been covering this team for six or seven years, but we've been watching this team for twenty five plus years. Yeah, so, the twenty nineteen five and eleven team with Anthony Lynn was pretty much all based on injuries, right? Yes, exactly. So that's where it kind of tests the metal of your football team, right? Are you gonna be able are you gonna sit there and shrump your shoulders and say, Oh, you know, we're injured, what what are we gonna do? Or are you just gonna go to work? And that's exactly what happened. And the Chargers made it to the playoffs, and so I think in that situation, I don't think it's preposterous to say that they overachieved because, I mean, that amount of injuries would have killed any other season. 
for a lot of teams. And it has for the Chargers, and it did for teams this season. A lot of teams tailed off. The Chargers did finish strong. I would say that you overperformed during the stretches of the season when you weren't healthy and you kept yourself in it, and that deserves some credit there. And I still think that they underperformed in the playoffs, especially considering the circumstances. Once you got to the playoffs, once you started getting some of these guys back, I don't think a first-round exit is anything that was an overperformance by any means for this team. So I I get some of it, and I, 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 I disagree, I guess, with some of it. I do think, though, we have seen those kind of injuries tank other seasons. This is what I didn't agree with, and that's Mike Williams and Brandon Steele kind of doubling down on the Mike Williams situation. He says, look, you look at everything that you do, I know there's no one that felt worse about Mike Williams not being able to compete in the game than me. Going into the game, I think there was a couple of things from a thought process that I want everyone to know. We really wanted to establish a standard. And basically, this is what he said. I think it's very hard to decide who's more valuable than others. He said it was tough to lose Mike in a game like that, and I think doing it over again, I'm proud of our process. I just think that's just dumb. I mean, I that is the reason you don't play those guys is because you could lose a star player like that because you could be missing an impact player in a game that you have to win in the playoffs. And he didn't have that guy. And for me, I didn't understand him still kind of going the same thing with this. He talked about the 2007 Giants who played the Patriots in the last game of the season, played them very tough and lost in a meaningless game, and then went on to beat them in the Super Bowl. That's great. He talked about how Tom Brady never missed a game and he had some meaningless games. That he could have not played in. He definitely and that's missed also games, great. by the way. I mean, he, right. I mean, yeah, he didn't mention the getting torn ACL and all that <laughs> stuff, but you understand what he means by yeah, it. Either way, I just thought that, you know, in this, there was some chances where, you know, things where he was enlightening and he took a lot of responsibility for some things. And there was other things where it seems like I want to know that he's learning from these things. And when I see something like that, it scares me a little bit. Well, it's like, come on, Brandon, why are we doing this now? Like, we, we know what happened. We have the results of those decisions. We know it was wrong. You know it was wrong. Right. I know you know it's wrong. So why are you coming out here and openly, continually trying to defend that position when obviously that was not the right choice? You take yeah. and and to tell me, and I get it. Like, I understand from a coach's perspective, what he has to say, sure. you're not supposed to say that other players have more value than That's others. That's your job. But that is the most asinine these are adults like comments ever. Like, come on, we're, we're not children here. No. Obviously, there are players that are more important than others. That is not a a like a it was all the guys who here. sat out in the fourth quarter. David, those <laughs> were the players you deemed who were less important. We we all saw it. We all saw who you chose. You put Chase Daniel and you put, you know, Larry Roundtree and like it, it was just dumb. I I mean, to me, it just doesn't that's why make it was hard for me to get on board with it, because yeah. it just doesn't make sense. Clearly, there are players that are more important than others. That's why you have starters and that's why you have backups. That's and you talked about. Yeah. And you talked about the roster thing again, too, and not knowing and not having enough time for the inactive list. And there's some of that's true. You didn't probably couldn't have submitted the inactive list before you knew the result of the Bengals Ravens game for sure. But you had the game plan. You put those dudes in in the fourth quarter. So I'm not buying it fully. I'm also not buying that this team doesn't need speed. And that is something else Brandon Staley was asked about. And he basically said what he said last year. He said in the passing game, just because you have speed doesn't mean that you're going to get to the deep part of the field. A lot of times when you have speed, you know where it is running. Even if you're a fast, like we were, we're waiting on you, it doesn't matter. Whatever you have to do, you have to mix in the run game and the pass game to create explosions. You can get as many explosions just turning around and handing the ball off to the running back. There's a way to get explosions from point A to point B, and that's what we're trying to do. That one's hard for me to believe, David. I mean, taking it at face value, right? Because, yes, not every fast receiver like John Ross is going to fix your offense for sure. But you just can't tell me that one of the ways to create explosive plays is by having players not only that can stretch the field vertically, but also stretch it horizontally as well. 
Yes, come on. That's another one of those things where I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Speed kills. Speed stresses out defenses. And, you know, if you think it's predictable, you move those guys around and you make them, you know, you make the defense try to de- de- try to depict what you, what is going on, what they're trying to do. That's, you know, you, speed is, is crucial. I mean, that's put, that puts so much, you, I mean, Brandon Stilley talks about putting more stress on defenses from an offensive perspective. There's really not any more effective way, in my opinion, to put stress on a defense than making them have to respect the threat of a deep shot. You have a quarterback that can throw it 70 yards down the field flat-footed, sure. and you are telling me that speed would not add another element to this offense. I'm sorry, I'm not buying it at all. And the scary part is he said something similar last year before the draft and before free agency where people were like, hey, you're going to add some more speed because the only guy you have right now is Jalen Guyton. And we know now he got hurt in week three and they really lacked it the rest of the season. No one ran a less, you know, sub four or five of the guys they had left over after that. And I think one of the things here was him not trying to make excuses for Joe Lombardi. Like, hey, it's not that we didn't have enough speed. That's not why we didn't create enough explosive plays last year, which is true to a certain extent. It's not the only reason you didn't create explosive plays. You had super predictable and conservative play calling. That's what led to most of it. Yep. But you need a certain level of speed because even if you want to stretch the field horizontally, they tried to do that with DeAndre Carter. He wasn't fast enough. He didn't have that skill set to do it. Even if you're not just trying to beat people deep. You need people to get the ball in their hands and be able to do something more with it than the guys that run away from people. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least be more explosive. You can be more explosive and not have the, you know, crazy downfield speed, but the Chargers don't have either. That's when it becomes a problem to me. So I, it's interesting. And you'll see, he maybe he's just not trying to tip their hand and things like that too. There's a lot can be going into it. We're taking it at face value right here. But we did also kind of, I think that was a little bit of a sneak peek into what he wants this offense to look like. And it had a lot to do with running the ball. And I think running the ball, from what we heard from Brandon Steele, is a big reason why offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi got fired. So we're going to get into a lot of the comments about that and what we could see and what they want to see from this Chargers offense coming up after this. But I do need to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by Bet Online, the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast. And BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season, from basketball to baseball, they have it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts too, you can find those as well at BetOnline, and they're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. What I love this time of year, playoffs, prop bets, player props, who's going to go for what. Those are where I end up doing the best, or at least where I have the most fun. When it gets to the Super Bowl, I'm going to go crazy and what color Gatorade and how long is the national anthem and all of those things. But make sure you guys are heading to the website to the best place to place your bets or your mobile device to learn more at Bet Online, where the game starts. I want to continue talking about what Brandon Staley had to say at his end of the season press conference, where, you know, there's a fine line between arrogance and cockiness. And I think you want your head coach to be confident, but if people aren't buying what you're putting out there anymore, it can come off as snake oil salesmen and, and things like that, right? And that is one thing I've seen from this Chargers fan base is those that wanted him fire, right? Like, it doesn't come off the same anymore. It sounds good. You're saying the right things in a lot of senses, but people aren't necessarily buying it as much. But we did get to hear from him why they fired Joe Lombardi, as if any fan really needs that because every fan was calling for that the whole season. But this is what he said. I feel like we needed to make a change to the offense, the vision of the way that I have us playing on that side of the football. I think that there's a different gear that we can get to as a football team. It was definitely not an easy decision because they did a really quality job for two years. I think we can make improvements on that side of the ball, and that's where we are going to focus moving forward. And I mean, 
on a base level, that's true. I mean, th- this offense isn't hitting the gears that it needs to. Even when it was a top five offense in 2021, it wasn't hitting where it could potentially get to. And I think it's okay to have grander plans for this offense than what we saw even in a banged up 2022. Yes, no question about it. I mean, I think that's definitely one where you hit the nail on the head. You know that the potential for this offense was so much more than what they were able to achieve this season. And and yeah, I mean, balance has uh, something to do with it, but a, a lot of it was play calling to me and the inability to have proper spacing and to be able to use the weapons that you did have the proper ways. And I think we just complained about that way too much because we saw it too much, way too predictable play calling, not creative, not uh, enough targeting down the field, utilizing one of the best arms in the league. Yeah. And the other thing that was clear too, is that the chargers for the most part were one dimensional. That was one of the biggest critiques we had about it. And it almost became a point where it's like, you couldn't even really make that a key for success. Like try to run the football better. Cause it just like was an un, it would have to be like a bold prediction because it just wasn't happening on a week to week basis. It just never really happened for this team. But when he was asked about what he wanted in an offensive coordinator, it was very clear that a big part of why Joe Lombardi got fired was because the Chargers were terrible at running the football. Even in the top five offense season, they were 21st in the NFL. So they weren't barn burners. And that was with Frank Smith, who he said, you know, obviously he's a great coach, but this is what he said about what he wants. Now he's talked about leadership and all that stuff. You have to say, this is the part that I thought was important from it. In terms of what it looks like, the offenses that I think are the most challenging to defend and the people who have been here with me are the ones that put a lot of pressure on you in every snap. In terms of marrying the run game to the pass game, putting a lot of pressure on you with personnel groupings, pace, motion, and being able to get explosions consistently. That's what I believe in. I want to have an offense that mirrors our defense because I think, well, I don't know about that. That's what I believe in. Uh, Those are the type of organizations, those are the type of football teams who are consistent game in and game out season in in season out we're going to start that process here shortly so yeah i don't necessarily know if i want the Chargers' offense to look like their defense which was actually worse than their offense but i get what he's saying there as far as like the running game i mean that that is really kind of what it comes down to to me i mean he wants to be better in the running game he thinks that it's important for all the things you want to do all the different formations you want to run there all the different kind of trickery I think you want to be able to do. That's one thing we talked about. So many keys for success, David. Like, yeah, play action's nice. Nobody's buying it on third and 11. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, like, you have to be better and you have to have a legitimate threat of running the ball to get some of these things and gimmicks and misdirections and being able to set up plays to set up explosive plays later on. That is where their focus should be. I mean, this person coming in, whoever this offensive coordinator is, better, you know, kind of lay out exactly how they're going to fix the running game, and also how they're going to use that to create more explosive plays. Yeah, because that balance is definitely really important. And and I mean, I think a lot of the times this season, it was very easy for opposing defenses to pretty much, you know, unless you were in the in the red zone, just ride off the the rushing attack as anything that was any anything of a real legitimate threat. And you knew that the Chargers were going to throw the ball and they were going to throw the ball a lot. And and they did, you know, they had the the third most passing attempts in the NFL this season. So it's just one of those things where that balance is going to make that passing attack so much more effective, that play action so much more effective, that RPO game so much more effective, even incorporating some of that QB running, you know, in, in that attack as well. Just so many more different things to have to think about and have to defend. Uh, you know, that running game really marries that all together in the right way. And it seemed like one of the ways that he was pretty transparent in this and credit to Daniel Popper for the question 
was when he was asked about if he would be looking for someone who's in the Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay tree. This is where, you know, his former request came from, right? When he wanted it to be Kevin O'Connell, the Vikings coach, he wanted it to be Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins coach, and he also wanted it, plug your ears, to be Nathaniel Hackett at one point, right? So I think that is something, it makes a lot of sense. When you're talking about using the run to set up, you know, passes and play action, there's no yeah. team that does that. There's no team that does personnel groupings and things like that better than the 49ers, right? Yes. I mean, they're the best team at it. And it comes with a certain level of personnel as well. Like, you have sure. to have the guys out there, the positionless type of players, to line the guys up in a bunch of different crazy things. But what those defenses do is they stress you out. And that's what he said yes. when he was asked about if they want one of those kind of guys, a Shanahan McVay guy. He didn't even try to deny it. He said, I think it's fair to say that the experience that I have, that's a fair assessment of the style of play. Because that's the offense that I believe in. To be more explosive, you have to be able to run the football more consistently, put pressure on people. What we want to do is cast a net to where we find the best person to lead our offense and to ultimately be a part of our team. That last part is coach speak and all that. Right. But I think that is kind of where we can narrow in our search, David, or at least where most of these candidates are going to come from is someone from one of these two trees. Which makes a lot of sense. Obviously, we know Brandon Staley is all about their relationships. And I mean, it, it you know, it it's understandable that he's going to want to go to the offenses that he's most familiar with and try to pull from those. Cause that's what he has been exposed to the most. And yeah, I mean, I think there were elements of that that they tried to put into this offense, but it wasn't as effective as they were expecting it to be. So they need to bring somebody else in to be able to implement those and execute them at a higher level. Yeah, maybe, you know, make someone a run game coordinator again because they did not have one in 2022 for whatever reason that is. I think some of it had to do with just a title for Frank Smith when he was the offensive line coach. Sure. I think what you're saying there also shows you that he doesn't believe he was getting that from Shane Day, right? Because that's why Shane Day was brought in to begin with. He was the quarterback's coach for who? Kyle Shanahan. And I, I don't think he necessarily felt like they were getting those same things. And, I mean, that's tough. If you're a quarterback's coach, how much pull in the offense do you right. have? Right. And I mean, that's not n- job number one by any means. But I think what Brand Staley is pulling from as well is which are the kind of defenses that are hardest to defend. He did a pretty good job against the 49ers when they faced off this year, right? And slowing yeah. that offense down. But yeah, <laughs> maybe go look at the offense that has Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy torching everybody regular season. They and just attack and- you in so many different ways and they've really stressed you out and make you have to really think about what's happening and they really put you in conflict that that right there is the blueprint the blueprint that's what you want to see that's what you're trying to achieve that's why obviously you know with a loaded roster one of the reasons why they've had so much success this year and even with a loaded roster right like for the chargers that is i mean they couldn't run it with the offensive personnel that they have right now they don't necessarily have those dudes you don't have an all around kind of tied in that can do what George Kittle does. You don't have a yak threat like Debo Samuel. You have close to your version of Christian McCaffrey. I mean, Austin Eckler can do a lot of those things. Even Kyle Juszczyk, though, is a big part of that, right? Like, there's just, they have perfectly built that offense and tailored it specifically to their personnel. And yeah. even though you might not be able to get a Shanahaney and McVay guy and have it look like that. If you can find somebody that's willing to put in the work to tailor their game plan the way that Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay tailor their game plans to who they have offensively, I think you're going to be in a good spot. I definitely understand why they would want to go in that direction. But we do have more to get to from Brandon Staley's press conference because he did talk about the underachieving defense since he is the defensive guru and the head coach that came from a defensive background. 
And we're going to get into what he thought about his defense and why he actually thought they were really good and one of the best defenses in the NFL, and they can kind of build off of that. But they also have to be able to stop the explosive plays, and that's what his defense is built for. The Chargers were terrible at stopping explosive plays defensively in 2022. So we're going to get into that. And also him being a little bit defiant again when he was asked about his job security. So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But I need to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by Built Bar, my favorite protein bar. And you guys are looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories. You got to try a Built Bar. To me, what separates Built Bar is the taste. They have the best flavors that you could look for, whether it's, you know, brownie batter, cinnamon churro, coconut almond, I mean, peanut butter brownie. Like there's so many great flavors and there's such a great variety with Built Bar that you're never going to get stale like you do on a lot of diets. And you're getting something that's actually nutritious and is covered in 100% real chocolate. Most bars have only 130 calories, four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. So they're going to beat out a lot of the other protein bars out there while also most importantly tasting great you're not supposed to have good tasting things when you're on a diet it's very hard to find things that fit on your diet that also taste good that's what you get with bill bar and now you can find them at walmart and at sam's club so head to the nearest walmart today and walk into the pharmacy section grab yourself a box of built bars you can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream double chocolate coconut puff or if you're next to a sam's club sam's club you can go get a 13 bar box that's what i would recommend get as many as you can get the better deal and since you listen to this show you can get even a better deal because if you go to builtbar.com you can use the promo code locked on 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order well let's talk about the defense because brandon staley is the defensive guy and you know obviously he's the coach of the defense i allowed 31 straight points to lose a playoff game so understandably he was asked the questions about it a little interesting that they wasn't asked any questions about Michael Wilhoyt. I would have been very interested to hear what he had to say about why that dude got fired. And we can get into that on another show. But yeah, he was asked about, you know, the defense ranking 21st in the NFL. And this is what he had to say. I think down the stretch of the last six games, we were the number one defense in the NFL. And it allowed us to get into the tournament. When things settled down at the end of the season, we were playing at a high level that we expect to play the standard of our performance that we expect. I thought there were a lot of good takeaways from the way we finished the season. We got contributions from a lot of guys, and I thought we developed guys well. I think as many new guys as we brought in this off this offseason defensively, I'm excited for those guys to get a full offseason now. We'll see which of those guys come back, right? Because that's going to be one of the most challenging parts of this you know, team going forward is with the contracts that they already have on the books. How do they continue to supplement it with the Kyle Van Noyes and Morgan Foxes and the Bryce Callahan that really, you know, kind of held this defense together for a lot of the season. And I think it's very fair for him to get questioned by the defense, especially with the last game going the way it did. I think you look at week 18 against the Broncos and there's some definitely questionable things there. Right. But I do also think it's fair to say even against four bad offenses, you know, there was definitely some progress from this Chargers defense. And we at least had a month stretch where we're like, okay, that's why you went and got this dude, even if it didn't probably sustain after that. Yeah, you're just hoping that how they played towards the end of the season where they were just extremely efficient getting off the field on third down and really making any quarterback they played up against look really, really bad. If you could take that momentum going into next season, that would be ideal. But uh, one thing I still have a problem philosophically is the giving up 5.5 yards per carry. I mean, I'm sorry, I can't justify that in any way shape <laughs> or form that's a huge problem i understand the takes a lot of five yard runs to equal a 40 yard pass blah 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 but it's a but lot he sure easier. wants the chargers to get those five yard runs right i mean offensively so yeah and i thought you wanted to have a complimentary team huh i mean 
stopping the run and being able to run the ball a little bit more effectively would be well they say he said he that. wants them to mirror each other so if the defense gives up five yards of carry hopefully the offense will get five yards of carry that's exactly what i would love to see <laughs> as well but uh yeah i mean they definitely need to make some changes that that run defense is horrendous and you know that that philosophy doesn't really drive i feel like they need to he needs to overhaul his thinking on that because it was just way too easy to run the ball against the chargers this year yeah, this is from Daniel Popper. From True Media, the Chargers gave up explosive plays at the third highest rate in the league this past season. Also Ugh. mentioned that they had given up a 40-plus yard run seven times in Disgusting. 2022, which is elite-level bad. Um, and Brandon Staley kind of had an answer for some of that, and I think something that wasn't talked about enough with this Chargers defense and, and where it was going wrong. And what he said was, I think the explosions are something on defense that definitely, I thought, inhibited our overall output. I think a lot of it has to do with how we played on the perimeter. We need to make sure that in the secondary we tackle better. I think it starts with tackling. We have to tackle better on the edges of our defense. We have to make sure we put a roof over the deep part of the field. I think those are going to be the areas that we really need to focus on this offseason. That's where the big plays are on the perimeter in the run game. And even going back to what you're saying, David, like you're right. I mean, it's built into this offense to go, you know, light boxes to yeah, the hope. defense. Yeah. yeah, light light boxes on defense, right? Uh, defensively, and beg teams to try to run against you, right? But like when you do look at where the Chargers went wrong, at least in run defense this season, for the most part, there's exceptions to it for sure. Sure, almost all the big plays came out on the perimeter, right? Like, yeah, and that's not something where you know you don't have enough defensive linemen on the field. That means that those guys aren't getting up there, they aren't filling the right gaps, and they aren't being able to tackle. And one of the biggest plays was that fourth down and one play against the Jags uh, Jaguars, where they ran right at Asante Samuel Jr. And he wasn't able to make the tackle. And you go look back at that week three game, and it was James Robinson going to the outside, getting a 50-yard touchdown run that kind of iced that game a little bit. Felt like what the Raiders did in week 18 of the season before that. I mean, they yeah. did something very similar. Yeah, and that was the weakest spot of the Chargers' weak run defense was the outside. And, like, yeah, the problem is, though, is how does it get a lot better, right? I mean, Michael Davis has come a long way in tackling. Definitely. Bryce Callahan isn't known for being a super physical, you know, slot corner that he's going to be a big impact player in run defense. I think the other safety spot opposite of Derwin James is somewhere they can get a lot better in that. And yeah. that's, you know, Nazir Adderley and Alohi Gilman's role from 2022, having that player come up, even though it doesn't look like Nas is going to be here next year with playing two snaps in the playoff game, the biggest game of the season. But I do think that that is the thing is like, where, how do you get better? I mean, you obviously are going to try to coach these guys up, but like, I think part of that is personnel wise, getting guys outside that can go up and tackle people. If this is the defense you're going to be playing, if you're going to be putting your corners in situations with one-on-one -on -one opportunities against running backs, which is tough for any corner, but the Chargers were especially bad at it. I mean, it, you're going to need a lot of improvement if you're rolling it out with there with the same guys and with Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. playing the way they are, even with the bad tackling, it's like you kind of need them in coverage as well. So that's kind of concerning. Yeah, with a lot of responsibility, a lot is required from that position. And it seems like Brandon Stilley puts a lot on the shoulders of his corners and his safeties to be able to tackle in those one-on-one -on -one situations. And so if that's going to be the case, you got to bring in guys that are going to be able to get those ball carriers and, and those you know special gadget players on the ground. And if not, you're going to see what you you know you saw this year. The Chargers giving up you know seven forty yard runs, and that's going to continue. And that's something that you got to try to figure out. And I feel like honestly, I don't know if you're going to be able to teach that to an effective level. I feel like you have to have guys that are already good at that 
that are going to be able to limit those plays or else you're going to keep seeing it. Yeah, and I mean, that's the biggest thing is just how do you fix it, right? I think we saw Jasir Taylor out on the field a little bit more trying to kind of help that and remedy that situation, especially on running downs towards the end of the season. Maybe he's someone that develops into someone that can be more consistent there. But let's be honest, one of the biggest reasons the Chargers blew that game against the Jaguars is because Michael Davis got hurt in that game. And Jasir Taylor had to come into that game and play a big role in the most important game of the Chargers season as a six-round rookie. Yeah, that's huge. Right. I mean, losing someone like that is huge. So he's going to be huge coming back. It's hard to say what you're going to get from JC Jackson at this point, as far as, you know, guys in the perimeter. And I think, you know, linebackers has a lot to do with it, too. Those linebackers being able to get out on the perimeter. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, I I think at this point, you just got to hope that JC Jackson's coming back healthy. I mean, this because this is an injury that could be career threatening. So you just got to hope that the, the rehab goes well that he comes back and he is that same player that we saw the first couple of year, years in the league. Uh, I mean, a really, yeah. truly dominant type of Revis Island type of guy. <laughs> and that's what that's what you want. That's what the Chargers paid the, him to do. But obviously, we just got to wait and see. I mean, there's clearly things that need to be changed with this defense. There's some redeeming qualities. I feel like they played the pass extremely well, but just not enough to be able to get it done. And the biggest example of that was the last game of the season where they coughed up that massively. Yeah. And I think the other part of explosives too, is not having a good enough pass rush and that reared its ugly head way too many times this season, including in the second half of that Jaguars game. It just wasn't good enough. Yeah. But there was one part of this press conference that Brandon got a little spicier again towards the end of it when he was asked by Bill Plaschke, which was not the first time he got asked about his job security. If he was, if he ever thought his job was in danger, he said, I have a lot of confidence the way we do things here and what we've been able to accomplish, and that's the truth. Everybody that has been around me on a day-to-day basis knows that, and I'm aware of the speculation because I have to be briefed of it to be prepared for guys like you. I do have a family, so I understand that, that cares about me. I was not worried about that because I know what goes on here. I know the locker room that we have. I know what is out on the field. <laughs> it seemed like he was mad. <laughs> it, oh, he it, definitely it, was mad, and it, it was funny. I mean, if you listen to the tone of his voice, he was definitely kind of snapping. It was kind of his stare, Bill. too. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, it was definitely like, like excuse me? You, you really saying that to me? Like, stay in your lane. That's, that, well, that's I think it was like, more like, I know what you did. Like, I know the columns you've been writing. I, oh, yeah. yeah. You might not think I get it all, but, yeah, I know you wanted me I fired. I see it. Basically. I, I, I acknowledge it, but also you're not going to intimidate me. Yeah, buddy, and you wanted me fired, and here I am. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, you know, I'm you still here, baby. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. For better and for worse. And, and yeah. I understand that the polarizing nature of Brian Staley, and I, sure. I think it's fair. I, I said after the season, it would have been justified if the charge wanted to fire him. I think a lot of people are salty and think that it would have been Sean Payton. It just wouldn't have been. And that's the thing is they would have just been it back in the cycle been. of just trying to find somebody different and hoping that it works out. Now, at this point, you have to kind of roll with it. He's going to keep saying the same kind of things until we see him in action doing it and maybe doing things differently we're not going to be able to fully evaluate it, but I understand why some people were put off by some of the comments today. I do think we did get a little bit of transparency, though, where this team is going and what they want to see and what they're going to be focused on. I do think that they improved from year one to year two. They had a more healthy roster the first year and had a worse record. This year they went 10-7. and seven. They underachieved in the playoffs and what ended up being a pretty easy schedule, right? Next year... It's not an easy schedule. They have a really, really tough list of opponents, and you never know until you get there, right? This season, we thought the Dolphins and the Titans game were going to be the two, you know, the toughest games this season. The Colts game, same thing with Jonathan Taylor. You don't really know what these teams are going to look like because teams change so dramatically, but it is going to be so important for Brandon Staley 
if you think things are moving in the right direction, if you're that confident in what you're building, you better keep going and you better be there at the end of the season. Cause it's not just making the playoffs or winning in the playoffs. It's can you be the team that's there every year? Like the good team, the chiefs are there every year. The bills are there every year. The Bengals are there, you know, going forward every year. Like, can you be that? The honeymoon phase is now over, Daniel. Like, I mean, the, 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 the rose colored glasses of when Brandon Staley first came in and you loved everything that he had to say, that's all over. Now it's all about results. It's all about yeah. winning. It's all about winning playoff games and winning a championship. And if he can't do that, then his time is going to be limited. And it's going to be on Tom Telesco, too. And make sure you're back here with us tomorrow because we'll be breaking down Tom Telesco's press conference. He's doing his end-of-the-year presser. We'll see how much he he is putting under, probably not as much as Brandon Staley. But I'm sure we'll get some great insight from that. And it's the last time we're hearing from these guys in a while. So to make sure you don't miss it, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you guys again, as always, for checking out the show. We appreciate it. We know it's a tough time. People want people fired. We're just always going to give the takes we believe in, and we're always going to be here giving you our genuine thoughts on this team because we do care about the team. We care about you guys and what you want to hear about as well. But to make sure you guys never miss the show, you can also find it on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports, David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD, and the show's Twitter at LockdownLAC. You can also find us at LockdownChargers on Instagram and our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page. We will have a fan mail show soon, I promise. There's going to be a ton during the offseason. If you want to get your voicemail in, you can call on to 323 323- Five two four seven nine two four to get on. But that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back here tomorrow with our reaction to Tom Telesco and his going into 11th season now, what he has to say about getting this team back on track. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.